0: News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio. Where you want it, when you want it. Good morning. Welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. My name is Jay Thomas, and I'm here with Rick and Jill Van diven like always. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Nice Sunday morning. Uh, wow, here we are. We're we're getting into spring. We're finally getting some green. Huge, lots of green. Yeah, huge difference. We look out over this is how Saskatchewan River here at Ralco in Saskatoon. I know we're hearing this show across the whole province, but that's our view out of our windows. And you know, it was like green tinged last week, and now it is green.
1: It is green. There's very few trees that do not have. Like, the, everything has has leaves on it now. Everything's budded out. Pretty much. And it's
0: not all the way out in some of them, yeah, right? but it started. I've got some birch trees that are still just waiting. Yesterday, oh, yes.
2: I have pictures here, and I'm just showing Jay and Jill, of a bunch of flowering crabs. I was taking driving around taking pictures because they're in the prime right now. They are. So all the flowering crabs. So there's lots of flowering crabs out there. A lot of them you're going to see out there are some old royalty flower in the old areas of the towns mm-hmm. and cities. Mm-hmm. Old royalty flowering crabs. Where you'll see the one of them, the Thunder Child, is just brilliant right now, but also out there there's some other varieties. If you like the the flowering crabs, some that you can put in is one's called Courageous, and it has little... Because most of the flowering crabs, they have a lot of pretty good-sized crabs on them, so some people... Don't like applesauce on their on their lawn <laughs> or on their yeah. On their that driveway. was the
1: variety that you told me to plant in my yard because yeah. I wanted the blossoms, yeah. but I didn't want, want the fruit fr- to fall on my right. hand, so, so,
2: so you want the purple, pink, or pink uh, to dark red sort of blossoms, and sort of the a bit lighter pink. But courageous has only a pea size. Okay. So most time the birds just take them away because they hang on almost all winter, and the birds usually eat them. The waxwings come, or the robins in the fall eat them. Right. Uh, so the other ones you can put in if you want a white flower, because you know we have always talked about black knot, that doggy dude in a tree with yep. the May Day trees? Yes. All the white flowers. Well, now there's one called Spring Snow Flowering Crab. Mm-hmm. And this one here, uh, just a zillion flowers, just like white. I took a picture of one t- yesterday, and it was just amazing color and white. It's totally white, but no, it's sterile, so That's what- no fruit.
0: That's the one I've got in my yard. Right. I've got two of them from yep. you guys at Dutch Growers. Yep. And there's, there's one on each side of my yard. And they are just yep. like probably two more days, everything will be just wide wow. open. Wide open. But we yes, I took a ride through the town I live in well, on, on the bike yesterday. We are just kind of biking around. Yep. And like the 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 waves of scent yep. just hit you cool. as you're riding down the street.
1: Isn't it nice? Yeah. Isn't
0: we were in the older area, like you talked about. Yep. And, and there was probably 12 or 15 bl- blossoming Blossom. trees yeah. on the one block. And so another one
2: you can put in is one called Gladiator. It's a little more upright for people who don't have quite as much room. Okay. And then there's other ones called uh, purple spire, or there's midnight spire, there's, there's, there's emerald spire, there's a the whole spiral see, see, series, which they are only about three feet wide. Okay. And they grow up more, up about 12 feet high and about three feet wide, and you still get the color, but you know, in a narrow spot. And mix wow. up. So a lot even, of those
1: smaller yards, those are perfect.
2: Perfect or using a little bit of a screen and those kind of having the flowers in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too bad it's only about 10 to 12 days that they're blooming yeah. for, but I mean, well,
0: they're prime. And, but I mean, the color right now is just amazing. The other thing that's blooming right now is I rode past a tree and no word of the lie, the top of the tree was probably as big as the room we're in. Yeah. And it was a lilac tree. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, was, it was it was white it was white lilacs, but you could see that they were lilac tree. It was a lilac yeah. tree. It was humongous. Yeah. It was grown as a single, you know, stem. stem. Yeah. Wasn't a a a, a Yep, bush, that, bush type that one. That one's but. called an
2: ivory silk lilac. Okay, okay, okay. That's a single, like you think of lilacs as being multiple stemmed right. in a big bush, right? Almost these, are, these are these a tree. So a perfect front yard tree or yep. in a smaller yard has a nice head to it and, it and it flowers. Flowers anywhere from beginning of June till about the end of June. There's different times, sometimes okay. depending where it is and yep. everything else. But uh, it blooms a, a little bit later than your regular shrub lilacs, but uh, a white bloom, but a beautiful tree. Well, this yep.
0: one was already going. I know, I know it was, yep. but I mean, maybe it was just in the right spot yep. for it. Right. You now, know.
1: Now my ivory silk in my front yard, yep. um, it was always beautiful. It got the white blooms on it, but in the winter time, it used to get a little bit of winter kill at the top. So, do I just prune, prune that off then?
2: Yep. What is by now, you'll it would have buttered by now, and yep. if you do get a little tip kill on any of your plants, just you now anytime. So the you tip top go. of
1: those trees, it doesn't really Other, matter. Otherwise. You're just more them yeah. for shape.
2: Otherwise, in, in a, about a week or so, you're not going to see those tips anyways. Yeah. So okay. they'll be all growing up and covered up.
0: There you go. So we thought we'd talk, you know, what's going on in, in the gardening world right now. one 332 8255 Now it's time to talk about what's going on in your gardening world. So join the conversation. We've already got texts coming in from Ardell. Uh, who else? We've got Pat around Saskatoon, Linda in Vanscoy, Ray in Saskatoon, but we've got calls already. So we're going to go there first, uh, out to Regina right now and talk to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Morning. Good morning.
3: Um, uh, last year, I had an ant hill in my lawn, and in September, I used Dr. Doom and uh, something else. But I still have ants this year.
2: Yep. So one oh, way.
3: Oh no! Ant be gone. I guess it was yeah, the other one.
2: Yeah, another one you can try if you want, and works pretty good. You have to. You do it after you get your lawn nice and wet. Okay, especially where the ant hills are. And you can either mm-hmm. do it after rain or give a good soak with the sprinklers. And then you can get a product called Ant Out. And it's a little sphere, a little round ball. And you have, need a special sprayer for it. You spray it onto your ant, ant, your, your ant hills or your lawn area or your shrub bed or in your garden. And it's a little nematode. And this nematode is a little worm that goes, micros, microscopic worm almost. It goes down to the nest and then it mm-hmm. starts eating at the eggs. And once it starts taking out the eggs, it doesn't touch the adult ants at all. You'll still see the adult ants around, but it goes after the nest. And once the queen realizes that okay, there's something wrong around here, it'll pick up the nest and it'll go somewhere else.
3: Okay, and that would
2: be at any garden center. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's be a lot of garden centers. It's called Wilson's Ant Out. Okay, and it's a little round ball. And it's a called, It's actually a nematode. It's, an, it's another little bu- bug that goes after, it's an attack bug that goes after ants, okay? And there's okay. and you can even get one, there's another one called grub out, and that one goes after cutworms or sod webworms and those kind of things. It does the same type of thing. But try this ant out, and uh, you should be able to get it at most garden centers, and it works really good.
3: Okay, and the other thing is, what is the best lawn fertilizer for Regina area?
2: Uh, for Regina area, there's lots of fertilizers out there. There's, uh, a, a, there's a Scott's fertilizer out there that's like Scott's Max. It's, I think it's called. And that's probably one that you'll see that a lot of people use because it has iron in it. It has a, it has a fifth number in it. And this, this is the fifth number. Uh, but otherwise, if you can find well, you know a product,
3: I'm sorry. I didn't mean fertilizer. I meant grass seed. <laughs> oh,
2: sorry. grass seed. Yeah. Grass seed. Yeah. yeah. There's, just look for a candidate number one mix. Okay, unless you're going to be putting in the shade, then you want to find a shade sun or a shade grass seed. That's important because if you just put a sunny grass seed in a shady area, it will not grow very well at all. Okay? okay, so so it all depends on your location. If it's mostly sunny, just use a sun Canada number one mix sun shade grass seed, and it'll grow perfect for you. And you can find that at any garden center. Okay, and
3: one more thing, um, I put. Thirty ten ten on my evergreens before, but I can't find it anymore.
2: Well, yeah, it, it's it. there's 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 it's out there. It's not under Plant Prod anymore. Plant Prod doesn't make it, but there are garden centers that have thirty ten ten. So uh, you, you'll mm-hmm. find it because it's under different different brand names now. But uh, there's a, I'm trying to remember the I know
1: Dutch Rose Regina carries it. Yep. Yeah,
2: so you should be able to find it, uh, mm-hmm. it at, at other places. But it's thirty ten ten and. It, um, you should be able to
0: find it. It's it's out there a lot. So, all right. Thanks okay. so much. Thanks, Mary. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's the number you call to join the conversation. We got a few more to get through here, so we're gonna get one more before we go to our break. Waiting the longest on the line in Saskatoon is Ian. Good morning, Ian. Hi. Good morning. Good morning.
4: Um, when you build a raised vegetable bed, that's uh, like a four by eight, and you. Know, say eighteen inches tall, like we're we're doing that just for somebody who's got mobility issues, so it's like chair height. Um and then that will take about a yard and a half of triple mixed soil. So after it's done, do you water all of that like just right down to the bottom or how how, what do you do with that
1: i would make sure that i'm watering it so at least the top 12 inches is is wet you don't need to saturate it you just want to make it moist enough so that when you put the plants on the soil's not going to take all the moisture out of that root ball
2: so what you want to do is is wet it and then you want to do is just let let it let it sit okay just like a good piece of meat sometimes you just got to let it sit <laughs> for a little while and let it and, sort and of just compact it, down compact, let it settle just let it settle and let it dry the top dry before you go and plant it again okay cuz to get the to get 12 inches down the top's going to be pretty wet okay mm-hmm. And then the best thing to do is don't water it all at once. Okay, go in there, and give it a good, give it a good watering, and then go and water some other plants in the yard, and come back and give another good watering, and then go back and run some plants in the yard, and do it about three or four times, and then it'll you won't be mud at the top, and then just a little bit damp at the bottom. You'll get it more evenly wet. Okay.
1: Or if you haven't added the soil in, as you're adding the soil, you can add a little bit of water in there, so you're not adding completely dry soil yep. as well too.
4: Okay, and then one really quick question. I think it was two weeks ago uh you were talking about fertilizers that go, that you've been put into uh, hanging baskets, yes. and right at the end, I think Jill added in something about what you can put um a slow release fertilizer in so do you would and then um you know do your weekly um
1: Yeah, so we use a slow-release fertilizer. There's one by Evolve, and it's an organic fertilizer. Um, It's got lots of micronutrients in it. When you're using a slow-release fertilizer, with some of our vegetative annuals, like our wave petunias, those types of things, I would still recommend using the slow-release, and then maybe about once a month topping up with a water-soluble fertilizer. They're just such heavy feeders. But in all of my my commercial jobs, I definitely put a slow-release fertilizer down because then I'm guaranteed that those plants are going to get some food. Do you know what I mean?
5: You just need it once for the year? I usually do it
1: once, and sometimes if we're having a really hot season, I'm watering every day. I'll apply it again in august there It's not like your trees and shrubs where you're wanting them to go dormant in the fall they'll die because of the weather later on, so you can fertilize them um, a lot right up until freeze up. Okay, thank you
0: very much yeah. Thanks, again. take care one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five we're going to take a quick break, but Coming up, Paul's got a call in Saskatoon. See uh, Buckthorn we're going to talk about. Shade area of grass. We're going to get back to some grass questions yep. as well. And a fern question from Lorraine, who's in Prince Albert. So, guys, hang on the line. We'll get to your calls as soon as we can. And we'll get to that text line soon. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendijk. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Divendyke. Now, I've got a question about temperatures. We're going to get to that in a second, but we've got lots of calls to get to. So, okay, let's do it. We're going to get through some some calls because we've got people waiting for us. Yes. And Then I'll get to my question. we got a, a second for that. you got
1: to wait, Jay. I know.
0: That's fine. That's totally okay. Paul is in Saskatoon, and we're going to talk about sea leckleron plants. Hi, Paul. How are you?
6: Good morning. I'm great. Thank
0: you. I hope everybody's doing well today. Absolutely.
6: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have a sea buckthorn that's in a bad position, a bad spot. Yep. Um, can I move that now, it's, or should I wait until the fall?
2: Because the, the sea buckthorn is probably into flower almost right now, right? Yeah. yeah. So it'll, be, it'll stress it. So I would suggest waiting until fall now. If you, unless, you can, unless it's a smaller plant, and then you can actually move it with taking a ball of earth with it, okay? Without that ball of earth breaking. Yeah, So no, does, it's so, so, so it doesn't so it doesn't go bare root basically. If it goes bare root, it's in trouble. Okay.
6: Okay. Um, I have a fern that has breached the flower bed. Well, I have several that are breaching. They're like a weed. <laughs> uh, do I just cut that out and put it in another bed?
1: Yep. Yeah, you definitely can. There's almost like little crowns or bulbs that they end up being, so you can just move those wherever you want.
6: So just stick a shovel in there and yep. pop it out. Pop, pop them it out.
1: Up. Pop them somewhere else. Give them to a okay. neighbor.
6: If I can just ask you one more quick question. I'm uh I use uh, the alfalfa sprouts, and fish fertilizer, I've done bone meal in all my areas of where I've planted. Do I rotate those um those other fertilizers like fish fertilizer one week, alfalfa tea the next or
2: Yeah, you could. Yeah, or you can mix them all together and make a home brew. It oh. it, it actually would work either way. I mean so, um, because it's not going to burn your plants because there's not enough nitrogen in all that. But, I mean, it has all the other stuff. So, like I said, you could either rotate it or you can make, yeah. it, you can make a brew.
0: Mix mix it all together, then you just use that one mix every yep. time you water. Yep.
6: Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, My tomatoes did very well. They, they went white on some of the leaves, but I think that was the temperatures just went down a little bit. Yeah,
2: the temperatures go down, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later in the show, what's going to be happening this week and what to do to help prevent that. So... Okay. Keep listening.
6: Thank you so much for your time, you guys. Have Thanks, a great Paul. Thanks, Take Paul. care.
0: Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. we have got to keep going with the or the calls because they just keep coming in, which is fantastic. Uh, we're going to go to Prince Albert right now and talk to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning, Good morning.
3: My question is about a fern leaf peony. I have a beautiful fern leaf peony, but the tubers are exposed. They're up out, out of the ground. Now, should I be covering those, covering those up or should I just leave them the way they are?
1: um i would probably cover them up a little bit peonies it's probably grown there's the soil's kind of eroded away from the base of the plant so you can cover them back up again or you could even when it's dormant you can dig them out so you wouldn't want to do that right now and um and then just plant them deeper next time but, too but
2: just the crown
1: not not up the stems themselves yes. okay you want to make sure that it's it's just barely underneath the soil surface
3: is it, it it's soil that I cover them with or should I cover them with peat
1: moss or something like that? Uh, you can just use soil or soil mixed with peat is really good too up there. Um, you want to st- stick with something consistent if it's been there for a while. Um, with the fern leaf peenies, sometimes if you move them too much, they will go dormant that year that you move them. So that's something to keep an eye off if you think that you've moved them or done something different and then all of a sudden a month later it looks like the plant has died. It may not have died. It's just that it's gone dormant and, for you.
2: And too much peat moss around peenies will hold Hold too much moisture and they don't like that either so don't use all peat moss okay
3: okay so soil, soil and some mix yep okay, okay thank you very much thanks lorraine
0: take care night. you too thank you bye 1-877-332-8255 okay we've got text to get to but we've still got lots of calls going out to looks like my hometown out to martinsville hi rob how are you very uh
5: i'm good big fan um new to the gardening but i have a little i have a little yard in martinsville there and there's the one half of it. It's always in the shade. It seems to be kind of a little more moist and It's thinning out on me a little bit, and I like to have at least, you know, uh, nice big grass. I was wondering maybe how you deal with that.
2: Yeah, so that area where you're having a little, not so much, is more shade, then just put add some some grass seed that's more for dense shade areas, and it has more more of the fescue type of grass seeds in them, which thrive in that type of location. Okay. And, uh, and so what you can do with that, because it still has those, those shade area grass seeds still has some Kentucky blue, so it'll still blend in, so it won't look totally different. But, uh, but otherwise, just don't use a shade blend, because the shade blends, those slowly decline in those areas. So try that, try the shade blend of grass seed in that area, and you'll have way better success.
5: Okay, thank you. Uh, perfect. Um, and second question, about the Miracle Grow Garden Soil for my planters, and I planted them, and I wanted it to, Next morning, um, my whole yard, it really was a potent manure smell coming out of there. I was wondering if that's normal or...
2: A manure smell. Cause well, you usually it,
1: don't hear that from the Miracle Grow fertilizer cause that's not organic, but no, a lot of people. No, soil.
2: She, he was oh, saying soil. soil. Yeah. So the, the yeah. so most of the Miracle Grow soils are, are, have a compost in them. Mm-hmm. So it could be if they have the, some of the compost are made of types of manure. So you might have had just a heavier concentration in part of the bag. So you might get some smells, especially after you just watered it or something like that. Right. And then you will get some of that, but that'll dissipate pretty quick. Now it's been out of the bag and open to the air. It'll dissipate fairly quickly.
0: Okay. Thanks, Rob, for your call today. 1-877-332-8255. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So we're going to go to the break here right away. Coming up in about a minute, we've got a text to get to. So Bob, Lynn, and Brian, hang on because we're going to get to your calls as soon as we get back when we have enough time to answer them. Uh, this is from Pat, who's in rural Saskatoon. On the text line, my rhubarb plants have never looked better, but lowest leaves are turning yellow. I'm scared to overwater. Uh, so I haven't been. How often if there's no rain and what do you do about fertilizer for that?
2: Poke your finger into the soil, it should be you should just feel like just a small hint of moisture. And if it's if it's totally, totally dry, then give it a good watering and then don't water it again for a while, okay? Uh but if the bottom leaves they're turning yellow, sometimes it depends on the weather, or it depends on, on how Somehow thick they are and the top leaves are just shading the bottom leaves could have
0: got frost it's, a little while ago yeah, right
2: you would see the frost on the top oh, would you leaves okay. okay and so the bottom leaves turning yellow it usually means something uh, it could be light it could be um, a moisture too w- yellow leaves could also mean too wet Right. Okay? So that's why you want to probe the soil and make sure you check that before you do anything. Don't just water something because you think it might need water, especially with something like a rhubarb.
1: And if those leaves are yellow and turning brown and dying, pull them off because you don't want that plant putting energy into those leaves. So
2: get a moisture meter yep. or otherwise my old moisture meter, which is a piece of rebar. Yep. And then stick it into the soil down about 6, 12 inches and see what the moisture's like, and then you can find out that way.
0: News update for everybody right now. We're back right after this with lots more of Garden Talk to come your way here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Two-hour show all summer long, which is fantastic, so lots of time to get your questions in. And boy, we need the time because we got people here who want to talk to us, which is exciting, right? It is,
1: it is time to garden.
0: <laughs> you bet, yeah. We're going to talk about temperatures uh, coming up here shortly. But first, we're going to go here in Saskatoon and talk to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning.
7: You guys, uh, great show as always. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, uh, I know calcium is beneficial for tomatoes, right? Yep. Uh, Other stuff like uh, radishes, cucumbers, beets, can that be beneficial to those vegetables as well? Yeah,
2: all the micronutrients like calcium, magnesium, zinc, boron, it's, it, you know, you'll get better tasting, your healthier plants, everything.
1: People are even adding Epsom salts. Epsom
2: salts, yeah. So you have to watch, don't put too much, but no. a little bit. It. Uh, yeah, so you. it actually works really good. Uh, all hey, those types of I uh
7: quick question. I planted some vegetables in some uh, large planters. They're about, pots, they're about a 18 inches high, about 18 inches wide. Uh, I mixed in some pure light and. Uh, Pea moss with it. Now the soil is like totally bone dry. First time I water that, should I saturate that all the way through?
2: Yes.
1: Yes, you definitely will want to. It is going to hold so much moisture. Um, just make sure that you, uh, when you wet it, plant your plants in it, let it dry out a little bit so that it's just evenly moist when you're planting your plants and then. When you're watering, you don't want to let it go bone dry again. Just stick your finger down to the soil about three, two to three inches, and you want to make sure that it feels dry to the touch before you're watering it each time. Yeah,
7: so I've got some holes drilled in the bottom, so the first time I water, just wait till I see water coming out the yep. bottom then. Exactly.
0: That's
1: perfect.
7: Thanks, guys. Okay. Appreciate it. You're welcome.
0: Take care. Thanks, Brian, for listening. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 we got to keep going with, uh, with the calls who've come in. So here's a good one. I think uh, we're going to go to Weyburn right now and talk to Lynn. Hello, Lynn. Hello. Good morning.
3: Uh, I was wondering, someone told me that you could use extra strength vinegar on dandelions and it would kill them,
2: is it, that right? It, what it'll do is it'll burn them off. They can grow back again, okay, oh. but it'll burn them off, so you have to do it. But it'll also, it'll also burn your grass, so you have to be careful oh. that you just hit the dandelions. So you got to get down you know, close to the ground and hit just the dandelion. And that will work and it'll burn it off. And then, and then if it comes up again as an older plant, if it's a young plant, it'll probably burn it off and won't come back. But if it's an older plant, it may pop up again, uh, because especially some of those tougher, uh, some, some of those tougher perennial type of weeds. But if you keep at it, it'll, it'll, it'll wipe it out, okay? So but
1: it's not like Roundup, which will go right down to the root system. It won't kill the
2: root system, but it'll, be, it'll burn anything it touches. So it'll leave, if you spray it from farther away, it'll even burn your grass. Your grass will grow back again, but it'll turn your, your grass brown in that area too, okay? Okay,
3: well, thank you for the information. You're, I appreciate your you're program.
0: Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for listening, Lynn. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Got to go out to North Battleford right now to talk to Bob. Hi, Bob. Right. Good morning. What's your question for us?
6: I uh, want to know how to control cabbage worms. Uh, do I cover them or do I powder them? Or
2: there's not much powders left out there anymore. That they're all taken off the market. So yeah. the best way is using a crop cover, and it's just a, like a it's a white fabric that lets light through and water through and everything else, but keeps the keeps the moss off of them. Okay.
6: Okay. And but, what time of year should I do
2: that? Uh, just You can do that right off the bat if you want to. Uh, Or you can put it on as soon as you see the first butterfly showing up, you know, then put it on then as well. Uh, Either way, and then just have little hoops or little pieces of sticks or something like that. Be careful your sticks because if they're sharp, they'll poke right through and make a hole into your fabric, okay? And you have to bury the edges of your fabric on the sides and Mm -hmm. the ends because otherwise uh, the moss will get underneath.
6: I see, Okay. Okay. Now, I do have some sulfur kicking around and some seven. Will that work? Uh,
2: seven, you have to go by the instructions. You can use seven, but the, the problem is you have to hit them um, so many days before harvest, especially seven, and it's okay. like quite a few days before harvest. So that just read right. the instructions. It'll tell you exactly how many days before harvest that you can you, sure. you before you can eat the product, okay? Well, the
7: best is
6: to cover them, I guess.
2: Best
0: is to cover them.
6: Thanks for your help. Okay. You've had a great show. Oh, Thank you, thanks, bye.
0: Bob. Take care. one 332 8255 I promise we will get to that text line eventually, but hey, if you call us, we got to talk to you. So we're going to take Wayne's call right now in Saskatoon. Hi, Wayne.
5: Hello there. I have a dogwood that started out as a stick. Now it's out of control. It's everywhere. When can I trim that down?
2: You you can trim the new growth anytime you want. Okay, if you're going to do some trim, some old growth, you're best to do it when it's dormant. So either in oct- end of October or you do it the very first week of April.
1: I like doing it in the fall because then I can use those twigs to put in my pots in the winter oh, time. Oh, there you go. Good, that's a good good plan because a lot of the red twigs you can exactly. use it for decoration
5: so right now it wouldn't be a good idea to chop that thing right down then
2: if if it's new growth if it's just if it was a twig before and now there's lots of new growth you can trim the new growth if it's all green right but if it's big old white or red stems then you're best to wait till it's more dormant or if it's, okay. if, it's or if the branches are smaller than your your index finger on your hand you can trim those okay. off anytime. Okay.
0: But nothing much bigger than that. Okay. Thank <laughs> you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks, Wayne. Take care. All right. We are going to get to the text line. Do you know what? Why don't we take a second? Because I got a question. I okay. finally got a chance to ask <laughs> my question. Okay. So uh, here we are. It is just about June. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking at the forecast. So last night, my wife and I, we thought, okay, we've been hauling our like our our plants in and out every day. They've been going out into the sun onto the deck, and they've been coming in because it's cool at night. I know where you're going. And then finally, I figured, okay, well, we got to get these into some pots. So we did it last night. We we put everything in pots, and then I look at the forecast. And it's supposed to be, like, right around one degree or two degrees. Now, be careful. There's no
2: swearing on this show. I know. I'm having a tough time. You can't say that that, that word on here. The F word? The F word. The F word. Yeah, you can't say the F word on the show.
0: Okay? But here's the reality. Here's the reality is we've got some temperatures around the province in the next couple of, you know, days this upcoming week. Tuesday night. Yeah. That what is, it, what is it? What are you looking at, Rick? What do you I see there? I One, see between two, in and zero.
2: Saskatoon
0: lows near
2: zero. Regina, on Tuesday night, lows near
0: two. Right now, that's awfully cold. It is yeah.
1: awfully cold, especially if you have like plants like potato vine, coleus, um, some of your tropical plants. Like I know we just planted up some restaurants, and they have some tropical plants in there you too. Put
2: cucumbers out in the garden.
1: Uh, cucumbers, yep. basil hates the cold, um, right. cucumbers, corn, squash, pumpkin, zucchini, watermelon. Those are all the types that do not like the cold. And if they get too cold, they will actually damp off, um, which means that they'll almost look like they've rotted at the base.
0: Well, I'm looking at the other list. So you, you guys put out, Dutch growers put out a really cool list mm-hmm. of, of temperature, a temperature guide for bedding plants. Temperatures and,
1: for the nighttime, temperature, right, so nighttime temperatures. right? Nighttime temperatures.
0: That's right. For veggies, herbs, and then flowers. And I'm looking at the flowers. Coleus, Begonias, Dahlia's, like impatience. Impatience is one uh, portulaca, potato vine. I have all those. <laughs> so You got them so, all
1: already? So
0: Jay, Outside one thing yet?
1: that you have to remember is um it, it yes, the nighttime temperatures, you have them near a house, so you're gonna have some heat that's gonna come off your house that is gonna make it a little bit warmer than whatever. Mm, okay. Okay. So we'll add a degree or two there. Sure, okay.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> but the other thing that you might want to do is um grab a blanket or, or a sheet.
2: Just a sheet light. And
1: I usually will take some steaks and I'll stick them in my container of the weight of it, I don't want it to, to crush, crush everything, plants. especially if coleus and those types of things in the pot. So yep. I'll stick the stitches in, and then I'll put a layer of a blanket over to them. Now, do not use plastic or a plastic tarp if you are going to do that. Put the cloth or the sheet on first, and then the tarp on over top. That will stop the wind if we get a cold wind.
2: Or, or you can use a tarp as long as you use the, some more of those sticks as well. As long as the tarp or plastic is not touching any of the leaves, right? Because the, the plastic will draw the cold right through. To whatever leaves are touching will still get frosted. Okay. So as long as it's not touching the leaves, you can use plastic. But uh, like def- if it touches leaves, it doesn't work. So just a, a,
0: a just a light sheet works perfect. So it's it's I, we got to do something. Is basically what you're saying. It's yep. it's, Either I got to put a sheet and take the time to put a sheet out there, or I got to haul them into the house.
1: Yeah, one exactly. of
0: the two. So, what happens if, like, you know, let's say we get through this week, mm-hmm. we go two or three weeks down the road, and we're getting to these temperatures? Like, is there any, at any point that these plants that we just talked about are actually going to be strong enough to to get through those temperatures, or it doesn't matter how long they've been outside?
2: Saskatchewan's not our first rodeo. I always say up to the first full moon in June you could always get frost in Saskatchewan. Right. Okay, after that, the risk of frost is almost... As far as I've ever had experience with is very, very low.
0: Okay. But okay. in answer
1: to your question, can you harden these tropicals or can you harden an impatient right. off and they can be more used to colder temperatures? Yeah. Answer to mm-hmm. that question is not really. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, they, they're warm weather plants. They're grown in the tropics. We're not their natural mm-hmm. environment. So what you're going to do is they might get cold. They might survive. You might get a little bit of browning tips on them. Mm-hmm. You might have to trim off some of that new growth. It's going to set them back. Okay. Okay. So it might be like where you normally, it, the plant's gotta like get reacclimatized and be like, I need to warm up for a week and it's not gonna do much growing because it's gonna wanna get the soil temperatures warm and everything like that again because yep. it's gone through a little bit of shock. And so you're going to be going through that stage so that your plant might stay a little bit more stagnant for another week yeah. afterwards.
0: Right.
2: Like we had some grapes. I put some grapes that were in the greenhouse. to put them outside. They got nipped by that frost about a week and a half ago. Yeah. And so they got all crispy leaves on the top. But you know what? Grapes grow so fast that they'll just grow right through that in, in the next couple of weeks and you won't even notice it. So right. So
1: like things like coleus, potato vine, it, sometimes you might see a little bit of that browning on the tips. Just yep. trim those tips off and you'll actually have a fuller plant in the long run.
0: Tough part is if you only got four leaves to start, with an all-four-go brown, that's pretty much it. Or if it
1: rots at the base, then and you're it, in
0: trouble. So we it. saw it on a couple of coleus we had. Mm-hmm. so They weren't even out overnight. They were just out when it was a little cooler and they didn't even like it. So, like
2: it. Yeah. so wait until wait until after Tuesday if you haven't planted them. Okay, still put them out during the day. In at night, I know you're getting tired of that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But but otherwise, if you have planted on it, don't fret. Just put a little sheet over top of it for that one night, and you'll be good to go.
1: There's lots of great saucers with casters on them that a lot of people are putting on under their big pots too, so they can just wheel them into the garage as well. So or wheel have- them
0: wheel them all together on yep. your deck and then put a sheet over top of everything. Exactly. Right? Something like yep. that. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks guys. That's good. We're gonna take a quick break. Lori's t- uh call is coming up and then the text line is after that. I'm Jay Thomas, the Rick and Jill Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty C J M E and six fifty C K O M. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with Jiggle and Rick Van Dyven Dyke, and we've got lots of text to get to, so that'll be in just a second here, but Lori's been waiting patiently, so we're going to go back to the phone lines here and go to Moose Jaw. Hi, Lori. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
3: Um, I just live on a farm just outside of Moose Jaw, and several years ago I bought a pembina plum. Now, I've just i been doing lots of reading, trying to find out what kind of fruit tree to plant alongside of it so that it will pollinate. So there's so much varying information out there. So could you tell me exactly what kind of tree, what kind of fruit tree I can plant near it so that it will pollinate?
2: So the best is to get a, get a, a Brooks Red plum because it blooms the same time, okay? But otherwise, if you can find yourself a, a, a an American plum, like a native plum, or Prunus mm-hmm. nigra is another name for it. Uh, if you can find one of those and just keep, even if you and put it in a corner and just keep it as a small bush, because it's a wild plum. It won't give you much plums, little tiny ones that aren't that good or anything. But, I mean, the flowers is what you want to pollinate to that that, uh, that hybrid plum, okay, like the pembina. You'll right. have tons right. of them. But otherwise, if you want just another plum in the yard and just put what the best one to, to pollinate, that one would be uh, Brooks uh, Red Plum.
3: Okay, is that something that is uh, readily available at um, different greenhouses? Most you know?
2: gre- most greenhouses are going to have Pemina and Brooks Red and Brooks Gold, and we'll have a bunch of those ones. They'll 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 have that as well.
3: Okay, perfect. Okay. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, Laurie. Okay, Take care.
3: Have a good day. Bye bye.
0: 1-877-332-8255. You know, we got a text that came in that was very similar, so we're going to answer that text right now because I think it's right along the same lines. And this is from Linda, who's in Vanscoy. She says, hey, Rick and Jill, about got a question about a pear tree. It's covered in blossoms. Yes. But the, the pollinator tree I have, and she calls it an uh, illuminator tree. I'm not sure if that's the type or whatever, but it's a pollinator tree. Most of it broke a couple of years ago. Okay. So there's only about 25 blossoms on the pollinator tree. Is that enough to pollinate my pear tree? It can be. It might not do
2: a great job of, you know, because more flowers, more chances the bees will get the pollen all over their legs and and go to the next plant and, and cross pollinate, right? Right. So the more flowers, the more pollination. It's just the way it is. So yeah, you, you will have some because you got to remember, pears will slightly pollinate themselves, okay? But not. A, you'll have way better success if you want lots of pears. Right to have two, to two plants.
1: Is there okay. a fruit set spray that you can get for your no, fruit No, it's not.
2: It, okay. I can't even get the... T- I used to have, sell even a tomato set, and I can't even get that anymore. Yeah. But uh, there's no fruit set. Um, otherwise, you can be the bee. That's right. Get a Q-tip and go, and go to the right. other flowers and go to the other flowers and just help yourself
0: pollinate a few more, especially ones you can reach. Right. So for Linda, if she's only got 25 flowers on the pollinator tree, yep. just you know walk back and forth between the two and... Yep use the q-tip and
1: could you break off a flower and bring it over to the other one and kind of rub it against yeah you could yep. but
2: you got that flower i'd rather leave as many as i can there for the other bees to, because they'll get all the ones at the yeah, top exactly. so you, want, you shouldn't have very many so just go on just with the q-tip and go around and do some more you don't have to you don't have to damage them. just get a little bit of <laughs> just just give a little spin with yeah. your okay. you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rick's jabbing at the air. Yeah, jabbing at the air. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're getting close to the end of the first hour of the show, but there's lots of the show left to come. Uh, so this is again another flowering question because we were talking about this a little earlier about how all these trees, these crab trees and the lilac trees, or at least the start of some of the lilacs, but the crab trees are just bursting with blossoms everywhere. It smells amazing. So pretty. Ray in Saskatoon, morning. My flowering crab didn't bloom this year. Are they? Aren't they supposed to bloom every? Every year,
2: yeah. You know, uh, most years, but some years they will take a year off. And there's some varieties like like my one,
1: apple tree did that too. Parkland
2: Parkland apple is another one that, that goes every second year, especially if it gets a really really heavy crop one year. Okay, sometimes they'll take a year off, and that happens every once in a while. Like last year, there was a pretty heavy crop with a lot of some some of the crabs, so uh, they may have just taken a year off.
0: Okay, so that could just, just, yep. just happen. Uh, we Need got a sabbatical. This, this year,
2: this year, <laughs> but this year then you want to use a fruit and berry? okay it's called a fruit and berry fertilizer it's yep. organic and you want to build up all those micronutrients in it so that it has the energy to produce a great crop next year
0: okay this is Kathy in Battleford I enjoy your show very much during the winter we had maybe five or six horses on our lawn in the night they left huge spots on the lawn if you can imagine <laughs> uh, earlier this spring I watered them very well lightly raked the areas putting more grass seed watering them again and this was this is a urine spot yep. uh, is there anything more I should do to rejuvenate the areas you no know, you can
2: put some gypsum on that area if you want that helps us too and there's also we have a stock that should work the same we have a product called dog spot prevent okay and you can sprinkle that in the area too and that it has stuff in it that will help make it so that that won't happen again in those areas but it also it has those kind of things in it like uh, like the uh, the uh, the gypsum in it and those kind of things and it help to to break that up mm-hmm. a
0: text from ralph and prince albert uh lana in eagle lake who else we've got uh jc's text pat and regina kevin and saskatoon Brad and dunder and so many more coming up we're gonna get to those as soon as we get back from this a news update for everybody right now i'm jay thomas with drill and rick van divan this is garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom <laughs> Here we go, hour number two of Garden Talk on 650 CKOM 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick and Jill Van Dijvendyk. So if you missed the earlier part of our show, we'll just say this again. You know, we're talking about temperatures overnight. We're looking at some low, cooler temperatures, getting down to the close to that zero mark coming up, right? And a lot of people put their plants out. It's happened already. They planted things. Now, there are going to be some plants that will do okay, right? Yeah. I mean, there are some, like, wave petunias and pansies. <laughs> pansies and snapdragons. Yeah, they'll, they'll just soldier on through. Yeah. They're and then, used like, to that. your
1: beans and your peppers and your tomatoes, they'll even be pretty good because you your, harden p- them yeah, off first, your
0: peas, right? Peas, too. Right. Yeah. Mm. But they, so the more tropical-looking you get... The worse off you're going to be. Your potatoes will be fine if they started sprouting up. Right. Be all, those that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're talking stuff in, you know, plants and cucumbers. And cucumbers, okay. Cucumbers, tomatoes. Tomatoes, yes. you got to watch for those too. Squash,
1: pumpkins, um, well, pumpkins yeah, watermelon, zucchini, corn, those right. types of things.
0: So, uh, covering with a sheet overnight, if you or, or bringing them in, if you have to, that sort of thing. But keep an eye on the temperatures this yep. week because things are still a little dicey around parts of the province. Begonias, impatience especially they're really tender. In oh, this talking about all the stuff I got. <laughs> Thanks a lot.
1: A nice tropical paradise over at your place.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, How even a, even a, a, like a palm tree, right? A palm,
1: yeah. Like if you even picked one up at a box store or something like yep. that, you want to bring that plant, in. plant,
0: all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay.
1: Ferns. A uh, nice bird, bird of Paradise form. probably has got to come Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Right? I've got a hibiscus. Flat. Bring it in. It's like
0: orange. Or a nice cake. tangerine orange flowers. It's really pretty. Or, or, or those big
2: plants, just a nice king-size bed sheet, you know? <laughs>
1: Hibiscus is actually one of the ones that it would probably be good at 5 to 10 degrees. Okay. So it's not the 10 degrees plus. So that and the mandevilla and your um, jasmine plants, those ones could probably stay out and just with a sheet uh, for a little bit cooler temperatures yep. if you harden
2: them that's well, Okay. In Saskatoon, are talking about zero on Tuesday. Now, that mm-hmm. might not happen because the weather changes hourly around right. here at least this time of the year. So...
0: Let's go to our text line, one 332 8255 This is from Ralph and Prince Albert, and he says, Rick and Jill have got leftover seeds and bulbs. Would they be okay to plant next year, or should I just toss them? Uh, uh
1: the seeds you definitely you can save i sometimes will put them in just a dry location or if you have cold storage area you can do that too Kay. um with your bulbs i would maybe plant them into the ground um you just want to make sure that they're not gonna if you just leave them in a box the moisture is all going to come out of them and they're going to dry just out dry and right go, up. like gross yeah. um or if they have too much moisture and you leave them in a bag they're going to get soft and mushy and even, get gross pl- even so, plant them
2: in a pot your yeah. bulbs and, and put then, them in the, put them in a spot
0: on your patio enjoy them.
1: And then dig them up and put them into cold storage again for the fall. If yep. You want.
0: Okay. Lada is in Eagle Creek and she says, "Hello, to possibly prevent potato bugs, can companion plant uh, can you can, can sorry, let me read can this again. Can you plant companion Can plants? you plant companion plants such as flax? Would the flax seed be planted with a potato hill or beside it, maybe between the hills? Would that help?"
2: I've never tried flax. I don't I'm not sure.
0: We've heard all kinds of uh, recent, you know, things how to prevent. I, I,
2: what, last week, we had even a pretty good one. It was a different one. I never heard that one before. She says she put three matchsticks, remember?
0: Yes, three matchsticks go That's in the it. hole when she plants her potatoes. And I
2: think, I'm not sure, I, I'm thinking it might have been the sulfur from the, match, from the matches. I'm not sure. Could but, be, uh, could be. But a I, I uh, slice of
0: onion. Right, we talked about that right. one. A slice in, of onion yep. in the hole with the your potato. And you know what? If anybody's
2: listening, they got got other, other little... Uh, home remedies and tricks, please please, text us. Or, or, I have uh, a
1: few varieties, a herb called catnip, which yep. um, it will actually, and it's a perennial too. And you can or get,
2: plant marigolds in right amongst your...
1: That will more attract the, the other bugs to the flower. Yeah, that yep, one works. Bush yep. beans. So if you plant your beans next to your potatoes, that's another one.
0: That'll keep um, away potato bugs. Yeah, and okay.
1: horseradish. They don't like horseradish. Well, who does? Yes. <laughs> so, but horseradish <laughs> is a very, very invasive plant. Once you plant yes. it there, you can't get rid of it. But <laughs> That exactly. is one plant too that it will will keep them at bay as well. I'm,
0: I'm only kidding. I'm Ukrainian, so I gotta eat horseradish. It's part of the diet. Uh, okay, you know, you
2: know I'm willing to try too, and it might work. I I'm just thinking it might work. It won't hurt the plant, but you can spray things like m- mosquito barrier. You know, yes, and it's a, it's a concentrated garlic. And most insects don't like that, especially mosquitoes. So you probably could spray that in there too and it, it won't hurt the plant and then, and then it might keep away the potato bugs you as well. You know
1: another plant that's pretty? Petunias. They don't like petunias. There you go. Really? There you go.
0: There you go. Okay. one 877 uh, we have got one from JC in uh, in part of the province here, but a couple questions here. My weeping birch. The young trees only growing leaves on the bottom two branches. The top half of the tree is alive but not producing the leaves yet.
2: Early yet. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't give up on it yet. I'd never give up any plants until after June the 15th.
0: I've got okay. another birch in my yard right now that is the same thing. It's the bottoms are are getting leaves. Yep. The top has still got buds, but it's not out yet. So I just got, keep waiting, yep. right? So
2: I've got some ash that just don't haven't even started yet, but they'll come. Uh, so what you can do if you want to find out right away is you can take a pair of pruners and nick the bark, you know, just make a little cut into the bark and just peel up the bark a little bit. Just a, just a superficial one. You don't have to dig right in. Mm-hmm. And then if it's green underneath, it'll still come. If it's totally brown underneath, then it's that's done. It's not going to come back. Okay.
1: Right. I'm finding the same thing with my perennials. Some of them are up a foot or so already, and some of them are barely even yeah. poking out of the soil, and some of them aren't poking out of the soil at all. But when I actually dug down a little bit, there's new growth there. So yeah. be patient. We're Spire- still early.
2: Spireas, hydrangeas, they're all coming from the base. Uh, I'm seeing that lots. So just... Be patient. It's we are, we're all spring. People forgot what it was like a week and a half ago. We had cool temperatures yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so just give them some time.
0: I always, I don't
2: panic until after June the 15th.
0: There ever. you go. Okay. Uh, also asks young bur oak tree died. It didn't make it, but it's growing little shoots at the bottom. Do I prune the tree down, let the shoots grow? What do you do with that?
2: Same thing, do the nicking thing. Because you know some oaks will come up late as well. Right. Okay. So do the little nick with the with your on the branches first. Start up uh, with the branches, and then work your way way to the trunk. And if it's brown underneath, it's not going to come. You can tr- keep nicking and then trim off where the brown meets the green. Right. Okay.
0: Now the other thing to do with these plants is fertilized water right that's going to help them grow faster start your fertilizer
1: routine now just
2: not because there's no leaves just not too much water okay because the plant's not going to sop it up right Right. so just just moderately water do your poke thing put your rebar in first to find out whether it's too wet or too dry and then water accordingly okay Mm
0: -hmm. pats in regina and asks us how can i stop my thunder child flowering crab tree from suckering
2: Hmm. The, the, you, you can't, okay. But what you can you can make it worse. You can make it less worse, or that's what I meant to say, <laughs> is that you want to cut your every time you cut those suckers down, you you make a stool bed. So every time you cut one little branch, it'll go turn into two. Aha! Okay. And then you cut those two branches off. It turns into four, and so on and so on and so on. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to cut them right down to the ground as low as you can right now. Then you get a product called Top Gun. Or another part that's called Roundup, now listen carefully, Roundup Advance, not Roundup period, it's called Roundup Advance. And
0: it's got an orange label.
2: It's got an orange label. It's a special Roundup, okay? So I'm going to say that over again. It's a special Roundup, okay? Okay. Because if you use regular Roundup, you will kill your plant. So anyways, uh, what you do is you hang, has. it comes on a little trigger spray, you know, hang that on your lawnmower. And then every week when you cut your grass, if you see a little leaf popping on the ground from where the sucker's coming up, just give it a little, pst. it'll burn. Basically, it's a horticulture uh, um, um, soap and a horticultural vinegar, mm-hmm. okay? And so when you, it'll burn them off, and then it, when you
0: burn them off like that, it doesn't stool and make more branches. Okay. There you go. Let's squeeze in one more text before we get to our, our break here this hour. Uh, this is Roger, who's in the Warman area. He says, we're starting to build our house on some land we bought just north of Martinsville. We'd like to get some landscaping started. My question is, is there anything special we should do for planting trees, shrubs, fruit trees, heavy clay, and rock? We have very little topsoil on site. So if we're going to start planting trees and shrubs and stuff out there. What's, what's so the process?
2: The process, if you have very little topsoil, you want to at least make your whole two to three times wider than your container pot that the plants came in. So you're into.
0: buying a tree and it comes in a,
2: in a in what a, size usually? Ten, five or 10-gallon pot, let's yep. say. It's got to be, whatever size that pot is, if you have no soil at all, go three times wider. Okay. If you've got some topsoil, like, you know, four or five, six inches. So the inches, depth
1: isn't as important as the de- width.
2: Depth isn't as, mo- as important as the width. Ah, okay. Okay? Yep. width is more important. You only have to be maybe two or three inches deeper and then make sure you pack that down which is important, yep. the soil before you put your plant in.
1: Now, if you're heavy clay, would you want to put some rock in the bottom of that too? If it's
2: really heavy clay, and especially if you've got any water that might drain off your grass to that area, toward that tree, uh, yes, because what happens when you dig a hole into that clay, you're digging a bowl, okay? And then you put nice that nice, beautiful topsoil in, and the water goes down to the bottom of the bowl and stays there. And that's where you want to be careful when it was really, really, really hard. You can, what you can do is you put about three or four inches of rock on the bottom, and then you get a piece of weeping towel, uh-huh. and you put your plant in the hole. Put some topsoil on top of that rock, put some um, put some um, um, uh, your plant on top. And then what you do is you put a piece of weeping towel vertically beside the root ball. Oh! And then you backfill the hole, and then you fill that piece of weeping towel that's sitting on top of the rock at the bottom full of rock again. And now you got a chimney. Yeah, that's so- draining out that that. Uh, From underneath and up, it it has some air movement that'll go up and through your plant. Isn't that cool? Okay. Okay.
0: So use that, basically that, that application.
2: And that should stick about an inch or two above the soil level. Okay. That at the top of the soil.
0: Right. So for, for Roger, that's, that's the way to do it. Basically for anything he wants to plant. And of course, don't forget that he's going to need like possibly water too, right? There's no
2: topsoil and then even mulch the top because that mulch breaking down will make new topsoil and other for the surface roots to be able to uh, do really well.
0: Okay, perfect. No Lasky fabric, He's got though. some
1: work ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. No
2: Lasky fabric, just mulch.
0: And then, of course, don't forget, you're planting new plants and new trees. Yep. They they can't go without water either. No, especially right? our
1: months of July and August when it's yep. so, so hot. Yep. You need to be out there watering them regularly. Yeah. Or,
0: or get a drip line kind of set up for yourself, mm-hmm. you yep. know, to, to establish those trees and plants that you want Absolutely. to have grow nice and big on your new acreage. Yep. Okay, Roger, thanks a lot. Uh, we're going to get to some more text when we get back. You can always join the conversation, one 332 I'm Jay. Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Divendike. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick and we're here to answer your questions. It's an hour number 2 already. Can't believe how fast the show is going. It just flies on by. Uh it's a nice weekend. I hope you're enjoying it out there and we are looking at some, you know, cooler temperatures this weekend. So just be prepared for that. We're just kind of putting that warning out there because I think so many people, probably like me, have had, you know, They want to get going. They want the stuff out in the deck. They want to get their yard done. So just watch those nighttime temperatures.
1: I'm noticing there's still lots of product in the garden centers too. And I'm talking to my growers. Um, We have lots more crops still coming on. So I was calling, hey, do you have any cucumbers that are ready and some tomatoes that are ready? And they're like, Jill, I have them ready, but they're just not quite rooted yet. So if you can wait a couple more days, we'll have a whole nother crop coming on. So that's something if you're going to the garden centers um, and you see some of the shelves Empty, um, where we still have another crop coming on still for the season.
0: So don't panic. No, and that's a a thing people do. You know, there's still time. There is still time, but I think there is a bit of that rush, you know, right, right around the May long weekend we go. Ah, I gotta but, go get my stuff. But you do want to get your potatoes in the ground, your your peas in the ground, your beans in the right. ground.
2: You need to. You want to do all that as soon as possible right now. But
0: I think there's an awful okay. lot of people like me who are literally hauling trays of flowers in and out of their house every night because...
1: And there is some things that you don't want to miss out on. Right. So get them now or else they might be gone. But there, I am noticing that we still have cucumbers coming in. We have been sold out of Roma tomatoes. I got more of those coming in. Mm, okay. So there's so much more stuff still coming in. Last so year people, there was a shortage
2: of potatoes. This year there's not.
1: And rain days on a garden center are actually good days to go in because it's not as busy.
0: There you go. Okay, good. Nice tip. Uh, We're going to talk to Joe in a second, but first to Vanskoy to talk to Cody. Hi, Cody.
5: Hi. I uh, live on an acre drop by Vanskoy and I've planted hundreds of trees and I'm typically quite successful but I can't seem to uh, get nine barks or hydrangeas to survive out here. So I just was wondering if there's any tips for planting those. And they're... uh, they're not dying from winter kill. They don't even survive the summer. They're usually dead by mid-August, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong.
2: Okay, it's it's mainly getting them established because of the you know we've had a drought, especially last year. If you tried last year, so it's a matter matter of just keeping them your 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 finger into that root ball, not just the soil beside the root ball, but the finger into that root ball, and you have to keep that that root ball that that came in the pot. You have to keep it hydrated. And that's the big thing. If you got if you got nine barks, I mean if if they'll they'll start wilting if they get dry really quickly in hydrangeas, they'll wilt if they get too dry or too wet, okay? Either way, they'll start wilting.
1: And hydrangeas yeah. I find don't do as well on a west or a south exposure. They like the sort of east, east side of the house east or,
2: or north, a little ways away from the house so they get enough sunlight, like in the mornings like 3 or 4 hours in the morning and 3 or 4 hours at night time or on the west side if it just gets the, the sun from 4 o'clock on. Because
0: yes, okay. they can fry, right? They, can they fry. will fry. Hydrangeas will fry. Hydrangeas, yeah. yeah.
5: But nine barks, are they the same as that? Like,
2: Nope. Nine barks out of my acreage, just a matter of when you're first trying to establish them, you just have to keep them hydrated. Because, and what you want to do, too, is when you first pull them out of the pot, is that what I call, everybody laughs when I say this, but tickle the roots out, <laughs> okay? Just, just loosen the uh, the you know the balls are, because they grow they have roots that grow pretty quick so usually the roots are spiraling around the outside edge of the pot and so if you can just don't break the root ball apart but if you can just loosen up those outside roots so they get in contact with the soil that new soil that you put in around the plant they will do they will transplant a lot better
1: and then while you do that you can use a product called Mike. And what Mike is, is a mycorrhizome and the bacteria that will attach to the root yep. and it will help it soak up more moisture. Yep. So while you're tickling the root, you can actually put that right onto the root ball and yep. into the soil, um, right around the root ball. And then that will give you a better chance for your plant to soak up that more of that moisture and more nutrients. Yep. So.
0: But I was just thinking too, like probably mulch around those plants Oh yeah, that's that will help it. keep the moisture in. But,
2: but then you still need to dig through the mulch and stick your finger into that of root course, ball to of check because sometimes people put the mulch on and it is forget and, they don't, but, and you can't see the moisture, right? Right,
0: but it'll at least help mo- hold moisture in.
2: But as soon as you see the leaves start flagging a little bit, get your finger into the root ball and check whether it's wet or dry.
5: Sounds good. And, okay. and one other quick question, uh, something you brought up last week. Um, covering evergreen roots with uh, dirt, you mentioned not to do more than two inches. I've, I covered a, a, probably a foot on one-third, uh, about one-third one of my evergreen tree. It's probably a 30-foot tree. Yep. Um, I did that number of years back now, and I do see some the tree not doing as good on the one side. Yep. Is that something that it will grow through if I keep it fertilized? Because, like, yep. I keep planted hosses and yep. everything in there, and I can tell the roots are coming up in that bed. Yep. So if I was to remove that dirt now, it probably wouldn't be a good thing.
2: No, no, just leave them now. That's perfect. And also poke some holes and aerate that area, too, so that you get oxygen down to those roots levels that are below that, uh, below that soil that you put on there,
0: okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Cody. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. going to go to Prince Albert right now and talk to Joe with a little bit here. Hi, Joe.
4: Good morning, good morning. Rick, Jamie, Jay. I have a, uh, a uh, creeping vine on my garage that uh, had overgrown. It's probably about 20 feet tall. Last fall, I gave it a really good haircut. And again, this spring did a little bit more trimming find it really hard to get all the dead canes out of there because they're so intertwined with each other. Yep. But my question is, I kept some canes that I trimmed off this spring in a bucket of water and they're starting to sprout now. Good. I'd like to replant them yep. and uh, wanting to know, I've done this before, I planted the canes horizontally in the ground. But wanting to know, can you plant them vertically?
2: Yeah, either way. As long as there's some of that roots in the ground and some of the leaves sticking above the ground, you can do it horizontally or vertically. It doesn't matter. Perfect. Okay.
4: Not not sure what type of vine it is. It doesn't flower, but the leaves turn red in the fall. That's
2: the Virginia creeper or England Ivy.
4: Okay, I'm sure it's the creeper yep. that rings the bell. Um, can I uh, also uh, grow in the same soil perhaps a flowering vine to yep. kind of mix Make, in with it.
2: Plant a clematis in there too
1: or a honeysuckle.
0: Yep. Perfect. Okay. Great. All okay. right, thanks a lot you guys. You're welcome. Thanks Joe for listening. Yep. Take care. 8255 We got a close to our news update here coming up for everybody, but here's a text I think we can answer pretty easily. Brad in Dunder and Dunder says, "I used to I'm used to doing this just kind of once a year fertilizing my lawn. Should I be doing it more often?"
2: Yeah, fertilizing your lawn in the spring, once in the summer, about about the end of June, beginning of July. Yeah, and then so before beginning of May end of June, beginning of July, and then again in beginning of September.
0: Now, I know I know you can over-fertilize a lawn if you, like, burn it with too much at one time, but is there really any harm in doing it more than that either? I mean, you're going to cut your grass more.
2: You, you're going to cut your grass more. But uh, if, if you use something like that, we've talked about that. It's made in Saskatchewan, that groundskeeper fertilizer. Yeah. It's only a 16 nitrogen, but the key is it has sulfur in it, so it makes the nutrients more available. And that one there, you won't burn your lawn, and you'll have a really green lawn.
1: But doing it on a hot... Hot, hot, day is probably not the best. As right.
2: long as you can water it in right away. That's okay. the big thing.
0: Right. I, uh, yep. If I'm honest, I use it once a month throughout the summer. Okay. And it keeps everything just awesome. Yep. You
1: want the greenest lawn I want on the greenest block. lawn on the and, block. And has, lawn envy. And, he, and
2: he puts new spark plugs in his in his lawnmower all the time, too.
0: News <laughs> <laughs> update for everybody right now. one 332 8255 Thanks for listening to Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. It is finally green out there, and welcome to Garden Talk. It's uh, we're, we're working our way through the second hour already of this show. We've still got lots to talk about. <laughs> We've got, uh, in fact, a couple of calls coming in, and we're going to start with the very first one right now, which is out in Spiritwood, and we're going to talk to Rochelle out there. Hi, Rochelle.
1: Hi. Hi. Good, good morning.
8: Morning. Um, so I just bought a new house. Um, it's our first summer in it. Congratulations. Our- Thank you. We love it. Um, it has the most gorgeous... I think it's a weeping birch in the front yard. Yes. Um, and it's probably, like, 35 years old, this tree. Um, And it's got, like, extensive woodpecker damage, which is, I mean, I looked it up and I'm like, okay, that's what it is. Yep. And then also the bark is really, like, black, so I don't know if it has, like, a fungus or something. Nope. So my nope. two questions are, what is that? Yep. And the other one is, I read that, like, you can't reverse the woodpecker damage, and it's not dangerous, but it can invite, like... Places for fungus and stuff to get in the tree?
2: Fungus and bugs. So what you want to do is you want to basically even even when you, you got the, the woodpecker or sap sucker they put in multiple rows okay woodpeckers yep. just go all over the place sap suckers go in rows okay, okay? sap
8: sucker then so it is all perfect rows yep
2: so what you want to do is you want to put a, a tree a tree guard or tree it's called tree wrap and put some around wrap it around the trunk in the area where they're going right now so that they they'll they don't continue making that that holes uh, build on the rose, okay? Okay. Otherwise, you'll have problems. The black you're seeing is just oozing sap, and then once it hits the air, it oxidizes. Uh, okay. okay? So that's nothing to worry about? That's nothing to worry just about. Just damage just left over it's from it, the, the woodpeckers. Yeah, the woodpeckers is dripping out of the holes. But what okay. you want to do, is that'll heal up quick, but you just want to make sure that if the sap suckers going to come back, you want them to go to a different spot. You don't want to keep going to the same spot. Okay? Well, I
8: have noticed that like, he's even going on like the branches and stuff. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. So just and what you can do out there too is you can get yourself a um basically it's called this a, a, a bobblehead scarecrow which is an owl and you can okay. move it around a bit and then they that's their natural enemy so they if as long as you move it around and the bobblehead moves around the only problem with the bobblehead is that the, the sapsuckers come at four in the morning to five in the morning, right when the sun's coming up, okay, this okay. time of the year. And so you don't see them, but you want to, that's why you want to keep moving this owl around so it doesn't realize what that is just a fake owl, okay? Okay,
8: bobblehead. And a tree
2: wrap. And a tree wrap to make sure you wrap the tree in the spot so that they go to a different spot and they don't continue making those rows in the same spot.
1: Now, if you have big holes in the tree and you don't want any bugs to get in yep. there, you can spray that Dr. Doom in the holes. Not Dr. Well Doom is too. called. Not Dr. Oh, Doom. Dr. Doom. You can do a pruning paint. A pruning paint. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
8: Oh, a prune. Okay. I have okay. a can of pruning paint.
1: Yep. You could do that um, too.
8: And so, I mean, the, the tree seems to be fairly healthy. So, like, as it is right now, it probably doesn't have any. Yeah.
2: Bugs or funguses, yeah hey? No, it's the, that black is just the sap coming out and oxidizing. So you're fine.
8: Okay. And where would I get this tree wrap from?
2: You can get you, almost any garden center will have a tree wrap. It's white. It's about th- three or four inches wide, and you just it's on a roll, and you just wrap it around the trunk.
8: I can. The whole and, trunk where it's being yeah, right, wrapped,
2: right around the whole trunk, okay. right around. And you does can wrap. it stay
8: on year-round, kind of thing? No,
2: you. I would. I would take it off for the winter time, okay? Because okay. it, it, it mainly come in the spring. That's when they mainly hit it, okay? Okay. So you can take it off later summer and then put it on early spring, like end of March again. And before. are you
1: wrapping okay. the whole trunk or just the areas where they're
2: Right. Well, it wraps you to keep it on there. You have to go around the whole circumference of the trunk to let it keep on there. But all the way from the bottom. Okay. The no, trunk. no, just right where the where the with where the holes are. Okay. Okay.
8: Okay. And so I can spray with with uh okay. All right. So that's okay. that's three good solutions. There you go. Okay, our daughters will thank you guys for saving our swing tree.
2: Okay. <laughs> awesome. and, and keep that tree moist and keep it fertilized because it's it's it'll it takes lots of moisture that big tree and it'll even at the drip line of the tree put
0: some fertilizer as well. and It'll keep it healthy. Okay. Okay.
3: Awesome. Thanks guys.
1: You're Thanks for shell take care. Have a good day.
0: One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I think waiting the longest. The next is out to Hendon. We're going to talk to La Lor- uh, Lois, I think it is. Good morning, Lois. Or Loris. Lori.
7: Loris. Loris. Sorry about that. Hi, Hi
2: Loris. How are you, you doing?
7: doing? Uh, hey, when can we move a pear tree? Or, uh, uh, pardon me, a plum tree.
2: A plum tree, either in April or you can do it again in September. Okay. Okay.
7: That's and what's
4: causing white leaves on uh, tomatoes?
2: Uh, cold, cold weather. Okay. Cool weather. That's what's doing it. Okay. okay. Simple to fix. Simple to fix. Thanks,
0: Loris. Have a good Thank day. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Uh, let's go to Wadena right now. We can squeeze some more calls in here, uh, and we'll talk to Helen. Hi, Helen.
3: Oh, hi. I was, I was was uh, when I was transplanting my petunias and cabbages and stuff onto the garden. I used that quick start. Yes. And I was just wondering if I could uh, fertilize after I apply that or how many days do I put
2: after yep. I As long as you use an organic fertilizer, not a high nitrogen, you can do it you can start you can start in your regime like you would normally do on your fertilizer. If you're using a liquid fertilizer, you could do it every couple of weeks, right?
1: And your petunias once you start watering every day, every second day, you can fertilize once a week. Yep. What kind of fertilizer? Um, I like using a 20, 20, 20 15 30 15, or even a 28 20 works good too. Okay,
3: so I can use 20 20 and all the plants that yep. I put
1: out.
2: Yep. absolutely. And it, more, if you're using it a lot often, just go half strength. If okay. you're using it a lot, you're like, just you go half strength uh-huh. and then, then it'll do perfect and your plants will do way better.
3: Because I use quite a bit of that uh, quick start, you know, I, I watered them, I mean, yep. when I put them in the hole and then I watered them after I put the plant in and yep. covered it up and I was just, and just still wet, so I was just thinking, well, is that good to fertilize now or not? Not a problem. No? Okay. okay. Very
0: good. Thank yeah. you, Helen. Take care. Sure. Yeah, you too. Bye. One eight seven seven 877 we are going to get that text line with the lightning round when we get back after this, but we're going to talk to uh, Catherine, who's in Saskatoon, first. So, hi, Catherine.
3: Hi. I bought a beautiful succulent arrangement uh which I'll be keeping indoors. Uh it has a lot of water marks on the leaves. I tried two different uh things on it. One is milk, one is water with a bit of vinegar on it. Apply with a Q-tip and wipe off the excess moisture. I find the milk works better than the water. I'd like to hear your advice on it.
1: Um, well, the water marks that you see on a succulent, the one thing that you want to do is you just, you don't want to press too hard when you're wiping them off too. You're mm-hmm. more wanting to polish them, but you're not wanting to press too hard or also you'll actually get bruising on all of the leaves on your succulent plants. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different than when you're maybe wiping down like a fiddle leaf fig or a dracaena where you can just take a cloth and just wipe them down. And it's it's very time consuming what you're doing as well too. But honestly, um, like a microfiber cloth or a, a glass cloth works really good. And and just with a little bit of water and go through but and, and also, wipe use down. Also,
2: use, when you, the water you're going to use, make sure it's distilled water or reverse osmosis water, okay? Yeah. So it mm-hmm. takes all those minerals that's causing those water stains, so you're not just putting more on, okay?
1: But watch how strong, if you're using vinegar, how strong vinegar is, because then you'll just burn your plants as well too, okay? What do you think about using milk on there? I've never heard that before.
2: Well, milk has a protein, which usually takes away a lot of like fungus and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I've never used it. No, as a cleaner. As a cleaner. No, No, I've never used it.
1: I've heard olive oil being used as uh, you mix that a little bit with water and you use that. And it uses great as a leaf shine as well, too. So you can try that, too.
3: Can you see milk doing any harm to the plant? No.
1: No, I not can't. No. I'm just not sure if it's maybe going to if you use too much if it's going to maybe stink a little bit if it or um or if yeah. you maybe, maybe leave a little bit of a residue afterwards. I'm not too sure I've never done it before. Okay. Okay already. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for Catherine.
0: Call. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. we are going to take a break, and then we're going to get back to the lightning round of texts when we get back after this. So lots coming your way. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Welcome back to the show, and this is what we're going to call the lightning round for the text line with Jill and Rick. I'm Jay, and we've got lots of texts to get to through, so we're going to get to as many as we can on the air. If we don't, uh, we'll text you back after. Julian Battleford, I have some crazy spruce trees that I've trimmed into a a bush about 10 years old. They grow like crazy last year. I couldn't go get in trimming them until the fall, so pruning was brutal this year. The needles on the end of the branches have browned, and there's lots of sap. Uh, Anything that should be done?
2: No, you can just, uh, if you want, you can do a trimming on them right, although they'll bleed a little bit right now, but I mean, that's the reason why. From the trimming, you're just getting sap pushing out. So uh, if it's brown, if you want, you can just leave them because the new growth will cover that up really quickly, or you can give them a little light trimming again.
0: Okay, Carol's in Saskatoon. I've got a Schubert Cherry Tree, which we cut back a bit to remove some black knot. Tree uh, is suckering, which we treat with Path Clear. Yep. Only a temporary fix, she says, of yeah, course. The yeah. path
2: clear, you can't get anymore, so it's now called Top Gun.
0: Top Gun. Suckers are now invading the lawn. What to do? Can she uh, dig a trench and put a
2: vertical barrier in the in the ground? She can. She can, like it'll suck her out, so she can as long as she goes far enough away. She has to go be past the drip line of the tree, okay? Okay. Cause otherwise, if you cut some of those roots off, you'll you'll if you cut them off, it'll hurt the, some of the branches. Okay, so if you get past the drip line of the tree, you can dig a trench and then put some landscape fabric vertically down at least 12 inches, and then that'll keep the roots from growing out into the lawn mower. Okay, from that location. And then all you can do then is take your path clear or top top. Or top gun. Yep. And then she has probably path clear left and then just spray the, 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 uh, the suckers in, in the grass. It'll burn the grass in a little spot if you hit the grass, but it will also burn back the sucker.
0: So you're kind of stuck with what you're doing. Yep. Uh, this is from Kevin in Saskatoon. Hey, guys, uh, my grapes still don't have any leaves. Can I move them? They're, st- they're about two feet tall, two years old.
2: Yeah, if you take some earth with them
0: take earth with them. Yeah, okay. Don't go bare root,
2: okay? They
1: haven't budded out yet, he
2: yeah, be He's signed. just starting, he said, so, they, uh, mm-hmm. so then just
0: take some earth with them and be not a problem at all. Okay, there you go. Thanks for that. Uh, let's see, who is this from? Gina. We had a volunteer tree growing near our flowering plum. After cutting it down, my husband put some roundup on the stump. It affected the plum and it has some branches with leaves and, and blooms. Others look dead. If I cut off the dead branches, uh, will the rest eventually come back?
2: Um, Will it come back? Depending how much damage was done with the roundup, right? So that's the big thing. Um, But otherwise, it it may come back, parts of it, uh, but the parts of it might be too badly affected. But
0: like you said, score those branches, make sure there's no green in them, and trim off what isn't green. If it's brown underneath with the little nick with the pruners, trim it off. Right, okay, so go ahead and and trim those out. Uh, What is the best time to dig up a bleeding heart plant and move it?
1: Best time is when it's dormant, so early, early spring or late in the fall.
2: They're up pretty good right now, so you move them it's going to be hard on them.
1: Yeah, if you mm, do want to okay. move them you got to take a really good root ball, or if it's a brand new plant, you can just take a root ball but you don't want to be disturbing the root system.
0: Brenda asked us, good morning, last fall we hauled a load of well-rotted bison manure and made a pile of my farm vegetable garden. Now I'm wondering what's the best way to use it. Should I work it in the, between the rows this summer, or is it better to dilute it in the water, and which, which other way should I use it? You so can work it in as long as is well rotted okay Okay, that's the key
2: is that you can work it into the rows and just put don't put too much especially where your potatoes are okay because otherwise you'll get some potato scab okay but the area you can just work some into the soil and uh just just a little bit at a time and then cuz otherwise you can spread it more evenly around when you next spring and then rotate it all evenly into your garden otherwise that way.
0: We asked the question earlier, you know, how to take care of potato bugs. And Sandra and PA says, my guys, uh, my parents were infested one year with potato bugs. We watered with a tea made of pine boughs and it killed off all the bugs. Yeah. Pine boughs. Go. Okay, cool. So very neat.
2: A, the, the, There's a lot of people that make a tea just for drinking uh, out of um, out of some
0: pine, white pine needles. It's mm. supposed to be really good. So. And it takes care of the potato bugs too, apparently. Yeah. Cool. Bonnie in Saskatoon. I've got three cedars that are about 15 feet tall. I'd like to cut two to three feet off the top. Can I do that now? One of them is looking very thin and brown on the outside. Do I need to do anything about that?
2: Yeah, fertilize every three weeks. Mother's Day to July 15th. Okay. And then that'll help bring it back now how tall is it 15
0: feet 15 feet cutting once it got two to three feet off the top
2: yeah you can do that uh it's not a problem i like i like to do it in 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 march or first week of april or i do it in october that's really better form but you could do it now and those ones are
0: smaller branches up there It won't hurt it that much we talked about roundup advance earlier on the show roundup advance Advance. orange bottle yes uh Willa in Regina says, good morning. Will this work on my lilac trees that are suckering all over Anything the place? Anything that
2: suckers. Okay. Anything that suckers.
0: Very good. It won't kill the tree. It'll just get the sucker. June in Assiniboia. I've got a 20-year-old scotch pine that last year started to go brown. Needles falling from the top down. Uh, how on earth can I stop it? It's getting close to the bottom branches now. From the top down? Yeah.
2: Ooh, that's a tough one because uh, if it's got, usually it doesn't go from the top down. It usually goes from the bottom up. But uh, top down, I wonder if she has a bore into it. Uh, look for sawdust around the base of the plant. Okay. Um, otherwise, top down, you don't see a top down dying out that much on the pines. Uh, maybe send a picture to
0: rick at dutchgrowers.com and I can take a better look at there it. There you go, June. So do it that way and then Rick can have a better conversation and ask a few yep. more questions there yep. too. Uh, this is Susan. I think we've got time for one more here. I've got a ficus and it needs nearing the ceiling. It needs to be pruned. They yeah. love to be pruned. My
1: sister has a ficus in her house and we just took about three feet off the top. She took those branches and put them in water and now she's rooting some new little plants.
0: So the question is what, what procedure do you recommend to cut it and there we go. Okay, replant the top. So you just add that so just cut just pick where you're gonna go Take and, a little,
1: uh, and you want to always cut it right above a node when you're trimming because otherwise the stems gonna die back down to the next set of leaves so always cut right above a node leave about a, like half an inch space there and you're good to go
2: and, and the technical thing I always tell people is do not be afraid.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, trim them back hard. Give them fertilizer, water. You should be good. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, is it too late? I'm sorry, this is the other, another question. Uh, a mountain ash tree. Yeah. Some of the branches are dead. Is it too late to prune it as it appears if, to be struggling?
2: If they're dead, you can prune them. Dead, prune dead them doesn't matter. You can prune dead of any tree anytime.
0: Okay, okay. perfect. Uh, Cindy and Regina, we planted new rose bushes and the leaves are turning yellow. What do I do?
2: Oh, sorry. So, what did he pruned, planted? So planted rose okay. bushes. Yes. And they're turning yellow. Yes. Stick your finger into that root ball. It's either too dry or too wet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not into the soil around the root ball, but actually that you just got it, took it out of a pot and put it in the ground. Put your finger into the root ball itself.
1: And then for roses, what type of fertilizer should you
2: use? Uh, just use a thirty ten ten. It's perfect. Work for yeah, it. Lots of new growth for yep. those new blooms.
1: New growth.
0: Okay, a Lorraine in Saskatoon, I uh, have an invasive weed, resembles creeping bellflower that is spreading from the mm. flower bed to the surrounding grass area. Mm. I'm able to dig it out of the flower bed, but well, what can I do to control it or kill it in the lawn?
2: Okay, two two things you can do. They have a zillion seeds, so use corn gluten in the lawn, not in the garden, but in the lawn okay. or the shrub bed, and that'll stop the seeds from germinating, Okay. And then, if you want to, if they ever go into flower, even cut the flowers off so that, because if you just pull them and throw them down, they'll turn to seed still. Okay, and then you can still use, for the live plants, you can use a, a weed killer like, uh, like Killex or another one is, um, There's one with iron. It's um,
0: we'd be gone. We'd be gone. Yep. Okay. Uh, This second question, Lorraine wants to know: Is we staked up a royalty flowering crab tree and an American mountain ash tree? They were planted a year ago. They're in good condition. How long do they have to stay staked for?
2: Uh, For one year.
0: So if they were staked last year, this yep. summer they can probably come they off? You can take the stakes off. You just
2: no. want
1: that root system to go and, out and, so it can and hold the tree and up. if it still
2: looks like it's still not sturdy enough, then just re-loosen those ties and retie them, because otherwise it'll choke off. If they're really tight around the trunk, as the trunk grows, they'll choke it off.
0: If we missed your text, we'll text you back after the end of the show here, and we've got one call we'll get to it as we get off the show. But thank you for listening. Two hours goes by fast, and you're having oh. fun. great gardening everybody happy gardening you bet we'll catch you next weekend same time same place thanks for listening to garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom